At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden with Vison. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Big show. Nate Kreckman is going to talk to me about the Mountain West odds and the tournament coming up here uh, after this weekend. CSU getting. Uh, hopefully another win against Boise State. We'll preview that game. We'll talk Nuggets. We'll talk CU Hoops, some Avalanche as well. And Dave Sherapan, I love this guy. He's one of the best bettors in the world. He's a great live better too. He used to run multiple books in Las Vegas. He's going to join me to talk about betting strategies uh, for March Madness, for hockey, and we will discuss Major League Baseball as well. But we always start with the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Number one, Nuggets hosting the lowly Rockets tonight, minus 13 and a half and 235 and a half the number here. Now, speaking of lowly, the Nuggets coming off a loss to that lowly Thunder team. Uh, the Denver starters, check this out. 0 for 23 from three-point range as there were two minutes remaining in the game and they are down by eight. Uh, now the Nuggets, two and a half games back of the Mavericks for the fifth spot. Uh, Denver is two and a half games in front of seventh seed Minnesota. So things are getting very, very interesting here. You gotta stay out of that seventh seed because of the play-in game. Now, tonight's game, Rockets 15 and 47, worst record in the West. They're basically the Nuggets without Jokic. Maybe even eh, they're the, the Nuggets without Jokic. That's how bad the Nuggets have been uh, without Jokic and how good they have been with Jokic. So Houston's defense, worst in the league. They allow 118 points per game. Second most points to centers. Ninth fewest assists to centers. So I'm not going to go on the Jokic points scored. He's been facilitating and rebounding more than scoring lately. What I am going to do is hit the assists. Jokic had three in the first meeting against Houston, two in the second. He's going to have more than that. But under 10 assists in five of the last seven, I see on Bet Rivers, uh, nine and a half assists minus 145. You know that I will not, maybe you don't, go over 135. But I love this bet so much, I will make an exception tonight. Under nine and a half assists for Nikola Jokic minus 145 on bet rivers it's a player prop so i do player props i do half a unit and i'll say it again don't bet the nba pregame go get a better number in game 13 and a half is the number if the nuggets fall behind maybe you see 
10. Maybe you see a 10 there and you want to hop on it. Maybe you just don't like how the Nuggets are playing and you want to fade the game altogether. You can do that when you're betting in-game. Pre-game, can't do it. Only thing you can do is cash out or hope that you win. Let's move on to number two in the front range for CSU. Colorado State Rams hosting Boise State on Saturday night. Don't have a number out for this one, but here's what's going on in this game. Boise State 24-6, and and they are 15-2 and in the conference. They won the Mountain West outright. Colorado State 23-4, and 13-4 in the Mountain West. And uh, win here, they're going to wrap up the two seed. They lose. They'll have the three seed in all likelihood. Boise State. Mm. Colorado State beat them in that first meeting. They sure did. 77-74. That was an overtime game in Boise, uh, February 13th. Boise, again, bracketologists have them as an eight seed. In the big dance, they got Colorado State as a seven. I fully expect things to get jumbled up if Colorado State wins this game and gets through the Mountain West Conference Tournament. They could be as high as a six seed, maybe even getting super crazy as a five, possibly. Over the, 90, over the last 90 days for the Broncos, let's talk about them for a second. They've lost to two teams, Wyoming and Colorado State. It's amazing. Um, but tonight they should get Emmanuel Acott back. He's the transfer from Arizona. He was not in that first game. He had a knee injury. So I think it'll be interesting, very interesting. Plus, if you remember that first matchup between the two teams, it was back on February 13th, right? There was inadvertent whistle at the end of the game, and I think that kind of cost Boise State the game. Uh, for me, I don't, I don't even know how they handicapped this or how, where they set the line. The total I'm completely lost on. The total I'm completely lost on. If I had to guess, it would be somewhere in the 140-something range, low 140s. Maybe mid-140s. As far as the side with Colorado being at home, Colorado State, I should say, I, I could see this being like Colorado State minus one and a half or so. Uh, let's get some notes from our friend Kevin Lytle from the Coloradoan. These tickets are going big time. If you want to get into this Boise State-Colorado State game, in Fort Collins, $119 for the cheapest tickets. You can go stand there. $420 for the most expensive tickets down low. Spending some money here if you want to get into that game. It's going to be raucous. The crowd's going to be going bananas. CSU finishing the season 76% capacity for their home games. Only Utah State and San Diego State average more fans. San Diego State, 91%. Utah State, 77%. Wow. And here's the thing that's weird. Boise State, 63%. But Wyoming has only had 45% of their capacity at home games. The Dome of Doom. Not as doomful as many have thought in the past. I'll have a Mountain West Conference Tournament preview with my buddy Nate Kreckman later in the show. Here are the Mountain West Tourney odds right now. I told you I got CSU at plus 600. Uh, they have moved up substantially. So San Diego State, Boise, UNLV, the top four teams, not in that order. Boise plus 250 to win the conference tournament. San Diego State plus 350. They're playing much better defense and much, and you know what? They're just playing better basketball. There have always been a good defensive team. They're just playing really good basketball right now. San Diego State plus 350. I have seen where CSU and San Diego State 
are the co-favorites, even as low as 300. So CSU has great number, a great number on Bet Rivers at plus 450, and then UNLV at plus 600. Let's move on to number three in the front range for Colorado basketball. They are going to visit Utah at 7.30 on Saturday night. Now, Utah stinks, okay? The Buffs beat them by five in the first meeting. Utah's 11 and 18, four and 15 in the Pac-12. A win in the Buffs, get a top four seed in the Pac-12 tournament. CU has the sixth highest odds to win that Pac-12 tournament at plus 3,700. And Arizona is the leader in the clubhouse to win the thing at even money. And UCLA plus 175. I'm not going to back CU at 38 to one, just because there's such a bunch of young dudes. And every time I think that they're going to win, I've also not bet them well. I'll just completely admit it to that. Not pregame. In-game, I bet them pretty well. I'm, pro I'm profitable in-game. I am not profitable pregame. So I probably lost a little money on CU games to this point. Again, they could beat Arizona again, but I could also see him losing to a lesser team. Uh, Buffs playing better basketball down the stretch, but I'm going to stay away from them at plus 3,800. Uh, last but not least, front range four, the Avalanche. They just can't figure out Arizona. Remember Arizona came here, stopped their long win streak? Then they lose Arizona 2-1 last night. The Avs were minus 420 on the money line. Minus 420. This is why you don't bet money lines on the Avalanche. You just don't do it. Don't bother with it. Because it, you could have won the last four games on the puck line, you know, minus one and a half, and you're still down money if you bet a full unit yesterday. So the four-game win streak's over. You had Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Ladniskog. Uh, get kicked out for fighting. There were a couple of majors, actually four majors, two on each side late in the game. And McKinnon got high-sticked by Dyson Mayo of Arizona. It was nasty. This guy just completely gets destroyed. Like every game, he has the puck so much, so much. And I can't wait to talk to Dave Sherapan about this later. Like he's the only guy with shot props at four and a half. The league average for a shot prop, how many shots on goals? The league average is sitting at two and a half. You'll get just about every player at two and a half. Nathan McKinnon has the puck so much and shoots so often, he's at four and a half. And he's been going over that sometimes. It's kind of like Nikola Jokic. A lot of the same thing. Jokic, you'll see points, rebounds, and assists. We've had it at 50 and a half this year. Just astronomical. There's no other player that's even close there. Not a good night for the top line. Burakovsky, McKinnon, Rantanen, good old Miko. He was limited. Just one assist by McKinnon last night. So it wasn't good. They had some great scoring chances, but it didn't happen. Uh, I'm going to try and take my kids up to the South Suburban Center and go check out practice. A little skate around there. Hopefully it'll be... Um, Coming up there on Saturday because the Flames are visiting town tomorrow. Okay, next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers, Dave Sharapan, one of the best bettors in the world, a real man of genius, joins me next on the program. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. 
Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. For more real time, relevant sports betting news and information, listen to VEASAN in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. VEASAN, the sports betting network, is on the air in Denver. Listen to relevant, real-time sports betting news and information on Denver's Altitude Sports 950. Follow the money, a numbers game, Lombardi line, my guys in the desert, the nightcap, and much, much more from VEASAN, the sports betting network, on the air in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. Welcome back to the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Holden Kushner hanging out with you from VEASAN, as you know. And the Sportsbook Consigliere, before we even start with Dave Sherapan, he's got his own thing going on now. And he's got a show, you and Peralt. Yep. Hello, my friend. There's so much to get to. I'm just, like, hopping through this. So, first of all, say hi to me and plug your show, and then we'll get into what I want to talk about. Well, hello, Kush. It's been too long, but, you know, we reached out. and said, let's do the show. we got to do the show. So, glad to be here. Yeah, and so every day, pretty much now, I'm doing uh, a couple things. Bostonian versus the book, which is on props.com. Um, it's available live on YouTube and right on props and all over social media avenues from 10 a.m. till about 11:30 a.m. pacific so it's about an hour and a half there's no hard outs there's no run time so sometimes it's an hour 15 an hour 30 but it's every day monday through friday one o'clock eastern 10 o'clock pacific a.m. and then every night still banging out uh, stuff on you know uh, sports grid sirius xm all that stuff but then the cash considerations podcast He's kind of really going me and Carl Haskell, Dan Newbert. Um, every week we do that. It's available on the Cash Considerations Podcast YouTube channel where we talk like a weekly view of the gambling landscape. Now that we're out of football season, it's a different type of vibe in the book. There's so much going on, and you can only break down games like per day. I mean, I can make the lines for – three days ahead but not a lot of people can and it's hard to kind of gauge what it might be and you know you can't really break down a college basketball game on saturday when it's tuesday so we do that cash considerations i got another one another show there called eight in the box uh, where we look specifically at college sports so it was focused on college football it's morphed into college basketball and we're here today that's it man Love it. Love it. And for those of you who don't know Dave, he has an extensive hat collection. Ooh. I don't even know. Is that like the 79 hat you're wearing for the Pittsburgh Pirates? It's yellow with black uh, circle or stripes yeah. going sideways. Yeah, the, is that what it is? The horizontal. Yeah, this is called the pillbox. Um, and today was dressed like a pirate day at mm -hmm. school for little Consig, the eight-year-old. And I said, well, I have pirate stuff. And then when we got dressed this morning, she said, well, Daddy, this isn't the pirate stuff that, like, everyone else is. I said, no, 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 this is better. You're going to be the only one that looks like this. So we just picked this one up last week. Uh, a gentleman, this is a 1975, 1974, 75, he said, Doc Ellis game-used hat that he is gave. Is it really? Yes. yes. Is that the LSD hat? Yes. Well, it wasn't the actual LSD hat, but yes, okay. this was Doc's hat that, you know, 
uh, him and Doc were personal friends. And he said, listen, I see you out there wearing these hats. I want you to have this. So he gave it to me, and it fit perfectly. This is what the Buccos wore in 1979 when they won the World Series. This jersey with this hat, among the other ones. So, yeah, it yeah. worked out today. And for those of you who don't know, Doc Ellis was a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. There's actually a documentary, and what was it, a no-hitter on LSD, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you believe it, or was he lying about it? Oh, no. I got the actual story story um, from uh, memorabilia experts. Okay. okay, this guy, um, uh, Tony, he, he told me the story, and it's real. The documentary is real. It's It, it happened. That is so nuts. Yeah. That is so nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And we haven't even gotten into the betting side yet. I both know. you and I are baseball fans. Yeah. I am so furious. And we were both around for the 94-95 right. work stoppage that stopped the World Series, too. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. If I wasn't in the industry, I probably wouldn't watch a single game this year. I might take my, actually, I'll take my kids to a couple games because Coors Field is amazing. But besides for that, I'm just, I'm done with them. Uh, the players, I get it. They're frustrated. The owners are just, it's just killing me. It's absolutely killing me. I'm so furious. What is your take on the latest work stoppage and Rob Manfred's I guess it's his quest to ruin the game. It's it's amazing to me how tone deaf he is. And like he's out saying stuff and doing stuff and letting people take videos and then putting them all over. Um, I remember, I mean, I was in my early 20s when the last one happened and it didn't really resonate at the time, you know, because you're young, you're trying to hustle, you're doing jobs, you're just, you know, and you're like, they're doing what? Really? Well, that's dumb. And then you move on. Well, now as a grown-up and having shared baseball with my kids, like you, I love just taking them to games and watching them watch the game and then, you know, cracking the peanuts and doing all the things and, you know, singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game in the seventh inning. It's just it's a it's a natural, fun family environment thing. And they're blowing it all. They're just blowing it all. Like like you just can't – I can't believe it now as a grown-up that you can't – you knew this day was coming, and you then you set some artificial deadline to then put pressure on to come to some sort of agreement when all you need to do is really just listen and talk. Listen and talk. Mostly listen, and then just let's let, let's get this thing done so we can play the games. Of course, what, is, what are books going to do? I keep asking that like because I was there in a room, in a risk room – when COVID happened and everything shut down, there was nothing. There was nothing. And now we're going to have playoff ba- uh, basketball. We're going to have playoff hockey. But we're, gonna, we're not going to have baseball. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's really, it's really, really frustrating. I remember talking to you when we were, when I worked at the same place as you, and I was like, "Where is baseball betting?" And now, I, I get it. You're like, it's just slipping. It's uh, there's football pro and college. Yep. There's basketball. The NBA is gigantic, gigantic here in Denver. And it shocks me, Dave, it shocks me because 75% of town can't even watch the nuggets. I'm serious. What is the deal with that? We talked about oh, yeah, that with, with parole. Like- I shouldn't have brought it up here. <laughs> so altitude, 
is the company that Kroenke owns. Kroenke is the Rams owner, but he also owns the Nuggets and the Avalanche. He has three amazing properties. Wow. He's a total winner, right? Yeah. He's got the best hockey team in the league. He's got the team with the MVP. And there's a pissing match between him and Comcast, the biggest cable operator here. And again, I, I thought it was 70%. Some people say 80. I just throw it at 75%. 75% of the town doesn't have access to the Nuggets or the Avalanche. And the Nuggets have the worst television ratings in the NBA. In the league. In that's, the league. That's, that's Not what, in that's the what, league. That's what the report was. And I was like... Well, wait a second. Maybe everybody's got avalanche fever. They're just not watching no. the Nuggets. But the Nuggets are a really good basketball team. <laughs> like, it's, they, I mean, it made they're no one sense. of the hottest bets in basketball, no too, question. to take it all. Because Porter and Murray could be coming back soon. So, you know, they're long shots. But, yeah, this is this gets my blood boiling more than baseball, oh, believe it or not. So, I mean, you have a town here where the two best teams – the other two teams suck. The two best teams in town – nobody's watching them. So that's just fascinating. But back to baseball, my friend. Um, so you got basketball, college basketball is ahead of it. Yep. And then you've got soccer and tennis and the NHL and baseball, you know, average last year, not too much higher than, uh, than hockey. Where is baseball betting now? Where are we stuck? And what do you think this stoppage does to the guys that bet on this game? Um, I mean, it, this is the problem. I think this time, with everything that we have in our lives to take away our distractions and things like that, like baseball's going to drop below those sports. It's third, all right? Football, college and pro. Basketball, you know, college and pro. And then you would go baseball and, and hockey would battle, but baseball, because of the sheer number of games, would be next. It's in danger of dropping below. And it's perfect for betting because, like, in-game betting, there's time in between pitches. It's so statistical and analytical. You can do so many things daily with props. And you know from the fantasy end of it the value of that and how it merges so easily. And it's going to go away. And it's not going to come back. It's not – it's it's going to take – I mean, it took McGuire and Sosa home run chase yeah. – for it to legitimately come back, it's not going to come back. And, and people are putting books in ballparks. There's going to be a book in Fenway, in, in Fenway maybe someday, but in Wrigley Field. In Wrigley Field, one of the oldest ballparks in baseball is going to have a sports book. They're not even going to have baseball. I, I, I can't believe it. I just cannot believe it. And it's a, you're right. It's a sport I love to bet. I love betting first five innings. Yeah. And I don't have to watch the whole game if it's a blowout, you know? And for me, betting baseball, I have to have multiple games on. But the thing I'm going to miss the most in April is all the day games. I know. See, I, I personally think this thing, we're going to miss at least a big chunk of April. But how about those day games? And this is why I don't think the owners give a damn. They get games snowed out, the lowest attendance here in Colorado. There's snow every year or sleet or yep. 40 degrees and rain, right? <laughs> so the owners don't give a damn yep. if there is a month that they can lose. But just for me personally, I love, because I work from home, I love turning the TV on, the TV's on, and I got three games going at once, and I'm betting live, and I'm betting first fives. And it really, like, I'm smiling about baseball for the first time, but they're taking it from us. It's and the it's best. just like... The, the, they don't, I don't think they realize, that, because the owners realize that the fans are going to come back. 
but I don't think they realize how long it's going to take them to come back from this one because they never came back 100% from the stoppage almost, what, 27 years ago? Yeah, 100%. Like, they're going to lose a generation, all right, mm -hmm. because we're all literally – I mean, you, you know, you got the kids, I got the kids. Their, their attention span is short. <laughs> if it goes away and you blow a whole month of games and then you're going to just ramp up and then they're going to – you know, they're going to expand the playoffs. It's going to change the way you future bet and all these things in the book, but, in, you know, the way you have to do the odds. But I think they don't realize the joy and the churn of, of day baseball, <laughs> like in June when there's nothing else going on, but it's Wednesday. And, you know, out west you got a game at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, noon starts, and then the usual 3 and 4 o'clock. you got a full day of stuff that's going to just completely go away. Yeah. I was going to take my kid to a couple of these games here, take him out of school. My daughter, she, she's like, baseball's boring now. She liked baseball for a couple years, yeah. but my son is complete. He loves hockey and baseball. He wants to be, he's four years old. He wants to be a hockey player. That's, and that's I said, when listen, I started Kush. That's yeah. when it starts, man. I, I, me too. And I said, listen, we're probably not going to end up going to opening day. And he's like, why daddy? I said, because there's a big fight over money. Like, well, why doesn't one side just give the other side the money? I said, exactly. Just <laughs> could you Bring imagine if the world was run by Yeah, the world was run by four-year-olds. Basically, it'd be candy and everybody would be working for free. But it just sucks, man. It's so bad. And we're gonna miss the Dodgers series here in all likelihood. They'll come back, but we got the Cubs coming to town. We got the Phillies and Bryce Harper. And there were games I wanted to take them to, and I just don't I, I don't see it happening, Sherapan. How how big, how long do you think this thing goes? Just from your opinion, because I set the total at April 14th and a half, and I had to bump that up now. I'm looking at like April 24th and a half. May 1st for me. May, May, May 1st? May 1st is the day I think we have really? baseball. I mean, the earliest. If they blow the whole April and May, and they mm -hmm. start that like, you know, 60 game, 80 game season, whatever, it'll be completely compromised. I just don't think. I, I don't know who's going to watch it because we all know the football comes back booming every year with preseason football and everything else. We're going to have the draft in April. We're having it here in Vegas. It's going to be completely nuts, chaos. A lot of people are making plans. They're going to miss a lot of eyeballs on a lot of things if they're not playing baseball in April. No, it's it, it's a bad scene right now. Yeah. And just for betters, I can't bet a future. How do you no. bet a future? When th this thing's going to open up to be the wild, wild west, free agency, trades, it's going to be crazy. I, it's funny. I talked to the guys at WinBet. They put up season wins. Didn't they just put up um, odds on, you know, to win the pennant and to win the World Series? They actually put up season wins. And the guys at the Westgate put up individual stuff, Cy Young, MVP, hits, awards and stuff. I'm like, how are you guys doing this? Like, nobody's really betting it which is fine. But now like the season wins, the stipulation is they have to play 160 games to have action. So if anybody bet it, they got to refund everything anyway. And all the work is wasted. So as far as betting it, I wouldn't bet anything right now. You don't know what anything's going to be. I always used to tell people wait until at least spring training to, to make future wagers. So you at least get a feel for the lineup and the starting rotation. Those are the most key components. 
obviously now the bullpen is huge in everything that you do. But the bullpens aren't really kind of set for half the teams until you get 30 games played and like April rolls are set. So, but you got to know this stuff. I mean, I think you're throwing darts, Kush. If you're, if you're playing, you are. You're, you're literally throwing darts. You legit don't know some of the players that are going to be on the teams. You don't know the trades. You don't know any of this stuff. Right. Yeah. So I'm not betting a baseball no. future whatsoever. No. Um, and you know what? Even before the season, I know there's a lot of people talking about betting futures right now. I think it's irresponsible, personally. I think if you're oh, giving yeah. advice to somebody, that's just irresponsible <laughs> at, at the very least. Yeah. Because there's no way you could seriously handicap 80% of the teams in this league. No chance. There's no, there's no chance. If you, if you're, and if you're saying you are, you're pretty much lying. I mean, the books put the numbers up. They have to do it. You don't have to do anything when you're on the other side of the counter. Don't bet it. Just wait. Yep. Sure is. Let's come back real quick, uh, real quick break. When I come back, I want to talk March madness. Yes. And, it's championship week, too. It's a great time of year. You and I have talked about this before, too. Just because the NFL is over doesn't mean there's other things you can't bet on. It's a lot to bet on. That's except sure. when we're in July, I don't want to end up having to bet on, like, uh, you know, cricket and table tennis. No, no. Because there's no baseball. But we'll do that next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 We have so much time here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers to talk with Dave Sherpan about what I need to talk to him with. Wow. Um, Dave, so back in 99, 2000, I did a show out of the Mandalay Bay Sports Book for sports fan radio network. A yeah. lot of people remember JT, the brick, yes. Scott Farrell. And, yeah. you know, I was thrown into that mix too. And the super bowl I was on the road for, but March madness, I was in the book itself. Mm -hmm. And I must say, I love watching the games from home, but if there is one sport that I would go to Vegas for it's March madness. Can you take us behind the scenes as someone that was running a book how you prepare for March Madness and what goes on during the greatest sporting event in the history of the earth. <laughs> it's fantastic. I mm -hmm. love it. I I used to get hyped for it. Some people, um, it can be overrun. Like you can, you can feel like, um, and, and everyone that's even loves it feels like a wrung out towel by the end of the first four days. But you start preparing right after the Super Bowl, um, depending on how the results of the Super Bowl go. You get vacation time in in the first two weeks after the Super Bowl in February, and then boom, it's like go time. And now they've expanded this championship week, which is basically a, a, a dry run. It's, it's actually, I think, harder than the actual tournament week because there's so many more games. There's so many more conferences. Once you get to the field of 64, the, the, the thorns in your side become the NIT 
in that CBI because you got games that nobody's looking except the sharp guys and they're hammering those games. But you start preparing, you know, you start, you know, now they're selling seats in every book. It's very expensive to come and sit and watch a game in a sports book now, but they're getting money for it. So they're charging. Um, so you're making reservations, getting people's, you know, accommodations lined up. You're constantly adjusting the pool to win the tournament. You're making conference tournament odds. Um, the actual experience in the book, the first one I ever did was writing tickets at the Golden Nugget. And they're like, they make your schedule and they say, you start at, I think I started at 5 a.m. And then a question mark was your, was your out. I'm like, what does that mean? They're like, we don't know what time you're going to leave. It depends how busy we are. But we're going to be very busy, just so you know. Like, we have you in the banquet room, you know, the March Madness room. I'm like, perfect. Okay. So I go and get my, my opening bank, and I walk up, escorted with security, to people waking up, sleeping in the hallway, so they could jump in there first to get their table where they wanted yeah. in front of what screens. And when I walked in, everybody kind of woke up. And there weren't that many people there, but I'm saying there was 20 to 30 people waiting in line already because they knew we opened at 6. They gave me a standing ovation, Kush. Hey. Like, this is great. Hi, how you doing? So they're like, open the windows. Let's go. We got to make bets. And I was there, I think, uh, 14 hours and just banging out bets and watching games and banging out bets and watching games and tips are flying, drink tickets are flying. It was so much fun. I went home that night. I said, listen, girls, mama, I'm not going to see you too much this rest of this week. We got a tournament in town and, and it wasn't in town, but that's what it is. People come here instead of going like to the games. Like they, you come here, you can see all the games. When you go to a regional, you only see the games in front of you. So it's fantastic. It's great. I love it. And I think if you've never experienced it, you 100% should if you like college basketball at all. Yeah, no question. So any any types of tips you can give us going into conference week, uh, the tournament coming up sooner than later as well. Is there any type of system or any type of thoughts that you have going into championship week and the tournament? I think your thought should be to have a clear mind and have no thoughts because everything, okay. any preconceived notion you have, you need to remove and throw out and, and kind of really just, I used to do it. Be, I used to come here every year before I moved here and do this weekend. We had all the boys, guys I went to school with at Penn state guys that I got to meet, like, you know, in my travels to Curacao and all around, it was meet in Vegas in March. And we did we did the second weekend because we came once for the first weekend. The lines are way too long, and we didn't have apps then. So you had to wait in line to make all your bets. The first thing I would tell people when they get here, go open up as many accounts as you can so you have apps on your phone. So you don't have to actually go to the counter. So go to each place that you want to you know, give yourself maybe two or three outs, load up those accounts with whatever your unit size is, and that way you have the flexibility to be anywhere and make a bet. That's number one. Um, number two is to actually be prepared 
for the schedule before that day. Like, so, no, the first session of games tips off out west, 9 a.m., 9.18 a.m., 10 o'clock, and 10.30. And so they're staggered, but don't show up to the book on your time. <laughs> you know, when you come in from the East Coast, people would come into the book and be like, hey, I didn't know that game already started. I thought that said mm -hmm. 1 o'clock. Well, no, that's 1 o'clock Eastern. It's 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so it used to happen all the time. They'd come in and the game's in a, in a second half with three minutes to go. Like, I missed the whole game. Well, you, you seriously didn't know? So little things like that. Um, and then three is tip everybody. If you tip everybody, like you tip the writer, you tip the supervisor, you tip – like. Just little stuff. You don't have to, but if you do, you're going to get pushed to the front of the line. If you need to be, you may get fine seats that become available. There's a lot. Vegas is still a tipping town. And then I tell people all the time, just be nice and be prepared when you go to the window and then leave a couple bucks. The world will open up to you in any book in town. What's a couple bucks? Seriously, I mean, like you're not going up there and giving the sportsbook manager five dollars. He's not going to do anything for you. Oh no, no, no. I mean the writers and stuff. No, if you, if you, but if you go and you give, um, you know, the the supervisor, and say, hey, do you have any seats available? You know, and you give him a tip. If it's if you got two people with you, like twenty bucks a person, you know, that'll at least get you in the conversation, and a C note gets you whatever you want. I guarantee there's seat. There's always seats available that are held back, just like sporting events, for mm -hmm. people that are VIPs. You become a VIP with a C note. I can tell you that right now. So like you, you want a seat, but now it's all corporate, man. It's it's you got to make reservations. You can't. I mean, you can't even get in line to make a bet unless you have a seat reservation in some of these places. So. That's where it's getting tough. So how about live betting? If you're going to Vegas oh, or even, li listen, a lot of people go up here to Blackhawk yep. to, or down south by Colorado Springs to go put bets. See, the reason why I love um, betting from home is just that uh, there's no lines. I can just use my app. I got a great, I got great service. So there's no reason for me to leave yep. and, and, and bet live anywhere else. But what about the live component in Vegas? Are you having to get into the line? No. Or can you just bet from your phone still? You can no? still you can you can still bet from your phone, and that's the best way to do it. There are books that are doing it still at the counter and mm -hmm. only during commercial breaks. So that leaves your window very tight. And the line goes up. You basically have two minutes. The line goes up right when they go to commercial, and you have like usually two minutes. To make a bet, that means run up to the counter, you know, call the call the bet out, pay the cash, and go back to your seat. I don't recommend doing that. I recommend doing it all on the app. All on the app. Yeah, the whole thing on the app. Yeah. And I just, I, I'm so excited about this. Any teams that you've been um, oh, focused man. on here I, that you like? Well, I mean, I knew we were talking, so I, I couldn't wait to talk to you about this Kansas team. Ugh. It just has has everybody confused. Holden, what is this team? I I cannot figure them out. I I, I don't think, like I had to push them back 
in the ratings after the last couple of weeks. I haven't been sold all year, and then I was like, I was buying in. I was buying in. Then I watched the game against Baylor, and I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then I watched the game against Texas, and I was like, I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to narrow it down to conferences first, okay? So, like, the Big 12 Conference, Kansas is a microcosm for that whole conference. It's confusing as hell. Like, they they play exceptional defense like Texas Tech, and then they go eight minutes without scoring. Baylor, they're not healthy. Are they healthy? Well, they're playing. Now they're playing their best basketball of the season, finally. But they don't look like they can score at times. I, I Kansas is Kansas. Texas, I, I just don't dis, discount them completely. Um, then I go to the ACC. Kansas, by the way, sorry to cut you off here. They have the National Player of the Year in all likelihood in Ochai Abaji. Guy's averaging over 20 points per game. I and think he's still... going to win it. Yeah, and, and they and they have some amazing pieces around them. It's just such a mercurial team. And I will say this. They get bounced early in that in that Big 12 tournament. I still am not going to count them out. It's just <laughs> they know. can be the best team in the nation if they're shooting the ball well and they get hot. And to me, this year, with 8 to 10 teams possibly winning, I think it's just the team that has – the hot hand. It's not going to be the best team from start to finish. It's the team that's just playing the best. Sometimes you can be the best team and win the and win the whole thing, right? Yep. To me, which team's just going to be hotter than the other teams? It's going to be wide open again. We always say that, yes. but I can I can name ten teams that I could really see taking down uh, the whole tournament. Kansas is one of them. Yeah, I mean they're they're lower down the list, but they are still on the list. Mm -hmm. um, I look at the SEC and I go, all right, Kentucky, Auburn, like, all right, who else? Is Tennessee for real? Eh, is Arkansas for real? Maybe. I, I, But that's pretty deep. You look at the Pac-12 and you go, man, Arizona's, I mean, they are stacked. And I know a lot of guys in the business that have tickets on them at much higher odds than they are now. I mean, they're the second choice at around six to one. And they were buying Arizona tickets in December, you know, when they were 95 to one and 75 to one and things like that. So I, I'm keeping my eye on them. The the Big Ten, I, you know, I'm a Big Ten guy. I went to Penn State. The Big Ten's not winning this thing. I, I just throw out all those teams. There's Purdue is going to just be Purdue. Um, I mean, Illinois, yeah, yeah. They get Coburn's unbelievable. He's going to be in running. Wisconsin's going to disappoint somehow because they always do. Wisconsin fans come here in droves, along with Kansas fans. They come in packs, and they wear the gear, and they get so excited for their game. And then they're out on Saturday, opening weekend, in the second round, and they sit there, and you just give them a stack of drink tickets and say, sorry, man, I, just, I know. And they don't even want to bet. They don't want to watch basketball. And then they come back on Sunday. It takes usually 24-hour grace period for, for your teams to recover from the loss. The one, Kush, the one that has everybody in this gambling community stymied. What do you make of Providence? What do you make of this team? I, Providence is your team. My team is Gonzaga. Your team's Providence. My team's Gonzaga. Because oh. they got the number one team again. 
Do they have enough to finally get over the hump and win it all? You could talk to me about Providence all you want. I think Gonzaga is the one that I'm just ripping my hair out. They're going to be the favorites to take down the Nets, right? They are the so favorites how, right Do you really now. want to put a future on them, or would you rather just bet them on the money line all the way up through the six games? That's what you got to do. You can't take, like right now, uh, I'm scrolling there around four to one, plus 370 at one place here, plus 350. I yeah. mean, they're the odds-on favorite because of – all the games that they won. They played a hard schedule pre-conference and they just lost to St. Mary's. Like, you know, and you hear that a lot. That Saturday, this not this past Saturday, the one before, where all the top teams lost. Six of the top six teams in the AP poll lost and you know, seven of the top ten, whatever it was. Um, a loss is good right now, right? It's It, it, it was still good. It's regular, regular season, not conference tournament. That's fine. But, man, you're right. Like, Gonzaga is the number one team. They're the lowest odds of all of them. And nobody knows if they're going to get to the Final Four again or not. <laughs> like, you just Until you see yeah. the matchups, you don't know. Well, and you just mentioned Providence. Like, as long as they don't have to face Villanova, I think they're fine. Right, right. Right, but is this a team that I really think is going to win it all? No. But it's a potential Final Four team. God, I love Cooley, too. Oh, Such a good man. coach. Such a good right? coach. Yeah. And and you can bet this stuff now. Like, the expansion of betting has led to one of the positives. One of there's many positives. There's many negatives. One of the positives is the number of markets that have opened up. And now you can bet just to make the Final Four. You can bet number of wins in the tournament. Once the bracket comes out, Selection Sunday, for so many people, is like, all right, wow. And when I was a little kid, this was like, all right, get a copy of that bracket somewhere, get to you know your dad's Xerox machine, and run these things off so I could hand them out and get this bracket contest because I only got three days to get them back. Well, now, in the book, you're watching the bracket come out. You're making the numbers and popping them in. And then you're going, okay, now we have to follow this path, Wisconsin. What's their over-under? Favorite, favorite, favorite. Oh, they're going to be a dog here. Two and a half over, three and a half under for wins in the tournament. And you make a number on every team. And you do this all the way through. How many 14 seeds will make it to the Sweet 16? You know, et cetera, et cetera. You come up with all these great bets. So now you don't have to just bet on a game or you don't have to take odds on a team like Gonzaga to, to win it all. You can selectively pick different things. It's so much fun, man. It's it's a great, great time of year. It is. It's the best. Before I let you go, I'll talk some hockey here. Yes, Obviously, sir. the Avalanche are the most talented team. Man, oh, man. They're the best team right now. What happened to them um, last night, though? I know. I, and Arizona has their number. Like, what the hell what is, is going that? on? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. No sense. Um, and I've heard a lot of stuff. Minus 420. From, yeah. Listen, that's why you don't bet the money line. Mm -mm. <laughs> that's why you don't bet the money line. Can't do that. Maybe it's maybe it's one of those teams that just give them trouble. But I'm hearing a lot of oh, they could score, but their you know their goaltending is going to be a question. Franzosa has been great. Darcy Kemper has been great. Um, what do you think of the Avs moving forward? And if not the Avs, who's the team that you would put a futures on if it was somebody else's money? Well, until proven otherwise, 
we had a guy that used to sit in the risk room, another hockey guy like myself. His name was Tom. I called him TFOS. He used to say that about the uh, San Jose Sharks forever in the West because they were so good in the regular season and they would just have something happen. Some one of their best players would get hurt or their goalie would let in a bad goal in a crucial time or they would just run into the hottest goaltender on planet Earth and they wouldn't make the, the Stanley Cup Finals. And then when they finally did, you know, they lost to the Penguins. Like, there was just so many times. This is it for me. Like, the avalanche, until proven otherwise, they have to get to the finals for me to say they're going to be the champion. Like, I'm not sold yet. The problem with that in the West is I have no idea who else it could be. Right now, looking at the board, I think I would consider either the Wild, the Blues, or Edmonton, and only because they're the better of the choices. I'm totally going to discount right now the, the Vegas Golden Knights. I just don't like where they're at right now. Now, we're a couple weeks away from the trade deadline, right? The whole makeup of teams can change with a key acquisition or two at the trade deadline. Yep. I don't know what the Avalanche could go for. Like, I honestly don't. They are deep. They are fast. They hit, they're physical. I mean, they do a lot of things right. Um, except McKinnon takes some bad penalties. Like He's a hothead. I don't know what he does. I, he doesn't have to play that way. It's really crazy to me. McKinnon? I, yeah. I don't know what yeah, he, he got a he got a double major last night. Well, he got hit in the face with the stick. That he was, got a high stick, and then he got kicked out. Yeah. Him and Landeskog went yeah. at it. Well, somebody had to go after the guy for high sticking him, but, um, you know, he... He did, took a shot last week at the Vegas guy, a little bit of blind hit. He, he's doing some stuff that he doesn't need to do. But um, the West, like, I'm not sold on Calgary. I'm not sold on Vegas. Um, like I said, the, the teams would be the Wild, the Blues, Edmonton. Uh, and after that, I don't think – I think the odds are just too long. But hockey's the best because we've seen the eighth seed win the Stanley Cup. All you need to do is get in. And the way that, you know, the standings are now, the 1-8 can be a harder matchup than the 4-5. It's crazy. So um, if you're going to narrow me down to one, let's say the Wild. I think the Wild in the West, other than the Avalanche. I really like the Avalanche. I really, really like the Avalanche. But um, we got to see. We got to see it happen first. McKinnon just gets his butt kicked all the time, too. It's amazing. Well, I mean, he's everywhere. The guy, the puck follows him around. His shots on goal prop is up to four and a half. It was four and a half last night. The average guy is two and a half with juice over or sometimes, you know, minus 110 each side. The guys that see the puck more get a few more shots, you get to three and a half. Nobody in the league is four and a half. And when we checked it last night for the show, I was like, four and a half? I mean, because he's getting five and six shots on goal a game in addition to everything else he does. He's one of the best players in hockey, hands down. It's amazing. All right, one more time, Mr. Dave Sherapan. Plug everything you got, and I just want to thank you for hopping on again. Uh, Probably respect you more than anybody else in this business. Great stuff from you. Tell them again what you got going on. Well, I appreciate it, brother. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a great excuse for us to talk and actually see each other. So I really, I thank you for that as well. 
Um, okay. It's Twitter, Sports BK Consig for Sportsbook Conciliary. Um, I'm too late in the game to change it, so I'm not changing it. So um, that's where you find all the different things. But every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, Bostonian versus the book on props.com. Then weekly, my podcast channel, Cash Considerations Podcast. You can search on YouTube. That's available in podcast form wherever you get that audio as well as video. We do another show on there called Eight in the Box. And then at night, we do, you know, um, The Grid and then Sirius XM 159. We're on there. So that's in-game live where we watch the games. We do the in-game stuff. You can make bets. You can see what's going on. Mm -hmm. You can get a good feel for how this all does. And I don't know, Kush, I'm telling you, the more I do it, the more I don't want to make a pregame bet, I got to be perfectly honest. I, I I'm just getting away from from making pregame bets. I think football is the last frontier where I'm going to make a pregame bet. I think baseball first fives, basketball is crazy uh, oh. unless I'm doing player props. I will do player props pregame, but I say this on the show: I will not bet an NBA game pregame. I will bet college basketball is still early and again you go back to the you go back to hockey i still think there's some areas where i can bet pregame but the nba impossible to bet pregame and there's no reason to do it you're going to get a better number there's absolutely no reason to do it and now they're doing in-game player props on some of these books and i'm yeah. watching a game in a pregame total for somebody uh the other night it was uh, scotty barnes he's his pregame points total was like 12 and a half. Hit his first three shots. Two of them were threes. He had eight points in the first three minutes. They adjusted the number to 14 and a half. I was like, wait a second. Come on, this can't be this easy. And then at halftime, he had 17 points. They made his halftime number 21 and a half. And I'm like, man, can I swear on here? Am I allowed to say the word? Just... Try and keep it clean. All right, we'll keep it clean. We'll say nobody knows Squadoosh. No, hey, that's your saying. That's that's what I'm saying. Even the guys behind the, the counter and sometimes making the numbers in game prop betting. Kush, you know it while you're watching it. You're so deep into the fantasy. That's your spots. You mm -hmm. should definitely be betting that stuff in game, whether it's the game itself or the props. I think there's a huge advantage right now until the books get people that actually know what they're doing, <laughs> doing it. I think there's a real advantage of betting in in-game. Absolutely amazing. Yep. Football is where we get the pregame and the in-game props. The in-game props are in football. Uh, hopefully we'll be seeing more of those in-game props because uh, just about every book by the Super Bowl realized they had to do in-game props. You have to. And uh, hopefully during March Madness, we'll see. We can't bet player props, though, in college in Colorado. Uh, that's fine. Oh, different. That's right. Different states are different. That's right. Yep. Different yep. states are different. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Dave Sherapan, uh, real man of genius. <laughs> Thank you so much for the time, as always. Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5. We'll preview the Mountain West Tournament. Uh, we'll talk a little baseball. We'll talk a little nuggets next on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. 
Being a homer has its perks at Bet River Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet River Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet River Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Let's wrap up the show with our new Friday guest, Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5, host of Kreckman and Lindahl. Afternoon drive over there at Altitude, my friend. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody in your family sick. That's a wonderful thing today. It looks like you're well-rested. You've shaved. Nobody can see that. But, uh, wow, what? why are you looking so dapper today? I have to be on camera uh for the next week so i i don't look like just a standard radio dirtbag for a minute did you get a haircut i did yeah the the hair is cut the uh the face is shaved i had a mustache all week that's gone away yeah i i don't, I don't this is apropos of nothing here but mm -hmm. uh we do that sometimes on this podcast i I don't normally groom myself often. I'm kind of a dirty person. Yeah. And so like next week I have to, which is kind of a crisis because I have to be on camera every single day. And so I have to like get on a cycle so I can be ready to start grooming myself regularly. So it's like a week of preparation just to be a normal, clean person. It's a lot of preparation. It I is. was going to start with the baseball, but we might as well talk about the Mountain West. Yeah, preparation. <laughs> <laughs> bet rivers here's the lines they got boise plus 250 san diego state 350 csu 450 unlv 600 mm -hmm. i've seen elsewhere where csu is actually a co-favorite here mm -hmm. um talk to me about the four teams the top four teams so I'll, I'll lead you in with this how much of an advantage is it for unlv to be in their backyard is csu likely to take this thing down San Diego State, boy, everyone's afraid of them. And Boise's the favorite. So give me a rundown of the top four. Okay, UNLV, is there any advantage of being at home? No. Uh, playing at the Thomas and Mac has really served no advantage at all. For the Rebels, plus fan support is, is not what it once was for UNLV basketball. Rebel fans just, they do not pack the Thomas and Mac Center. Um, they, they used to. It used to be the show in town. Now they got the Knights. Now they got the Raiders. And UNLV has been down for as long as they have been. Now this is a good team, and they're playing well. Uh, Bryce Hamilton looks like he's going to be first team all-conference. Um, Ham is playing well right now. They, they've got some dudes, okay? Like UNLV is good enough to win this league, uh, win this tournament and, and win the league. Don't get me wrong. They might be able to get an automatic bid, but they don't get an advantage out of playing in Vegas. For the longest time, this was other coaches in the league love to whine about this. Steve Alford loved to whine about having to go into Vegas and have UNLV play in their own building, and um, they never win it. So it's it, to me, it's it's a non-factor. Boise State is absolutely able to win this tournament. I'm a little bit surprised. I've seen in other places, Holden, where San Diego State and CSU are, have actually had favored numbers over Boise State. Colorado State and San Diego State are the favorites in my mind. Now, it looks like right now they'll be matched up in a 2-3 matchup. So that won't be the championship game. It'll most likely be Boise against one of them. 
my pick here is San Diego State. Now, going to the numbers, they're 21 in the Ken Palm. So Ken Pomeroy is very high on San Diego State. But go inside those numbers. Um, adjusted defense, number one in the country. And if you watch San Diego State, they are long and they will defend the hell out of you. Adjusted offense, 165 in the country. You saw it last night. They had to go to overtime to beat Fresno State. They just struggled to score a lot of the time. Matt Bradley can fill it up, but outside of that, they can be a bunch of bricklayers, even with the kind of size, even with Mensa inside, the kind of size that they have. But tournament basketball, to me, is about a grind. And if San Diego State can win their quarterfinal matchup, after that, offense tends to slow down in these tournaments, especially in that one where you got to win three games in three days. Once the, the pace of play grinds down, fatigue catches up, that to me is where San Diego State has the advantage. The Aztecs are my pick to win that tournament. Mm. Just defensively, they just beat the hell out yeah. of you, right? Yeah, and they'll, um, they'll win the championship game something like 48-43. to 43. It'll be hideous. But that's what's going to happen. So we'll remember to bet the under. Yeah, well, what we'll remember. And to the oddsmakers will adjust that number. I mean, it's I, I can remember a number of years ago uh, see, seeing like a like a one fifty five number, something like that, on the championship game, and and I was just you know walking through the sports book on my way to the arena, and was just like, eh, you know, I might have to stop at the window. It's, it's great. I mean, that, that's the one thing about the Mountain West before things were legal here. Yeah. Uh, you can go bet on the darn thing. Oh, it's... Is there a dark horse? Is there anyone worth a dark horse bet? Um, really? You know, Wyoming's got two great players, okay? They have two great players in, in EK and Maldonado. Now, Maldonado has slowed down a little bit, and EK, EK had a rough night the other night against UNLV. Um, Wyoming is tripped up a little bit and their, uh, their tournament hopes are, are sort of on, uh, on life support. So they're, they're my dark horse pick, I guess. Looks like they're going to be the four seed in this tournament for a while there. It looked like they were challenging and could potentially win the league. Uh, but they had that loss in New Mexico, um, you know, lost against CSU, lost to UNLV. So things have slowed down a little bit, but Wyoming is, is my dark horse in this tournament. My pick is San Diego State. Uh, my heart is obviously with uh, with Nico and the Rammies up in Fort Collins. I'd love to see Colorado State win it. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Very, very interesting when we look at that there. Okay, um, that's the Mountain West Tournament. So plug what you're doing with that because I will be watching and listening to the Mountain West Tournament. Okay, so uh, on the Mountain West website, the MW.com um, I'll be doing uh, I'll, I'll be doing the three first round games on Wednesday, which uh, those matchups, by the way, um, they're not carried on CBS. So, um, so those games, the the Mountain West website through Stadium, they stream those games. So I'll be calling those three games. So I'll be doing that. Um, I'll, I'll be calling games in the women's tournament in the early portion of the week. And then I'll be doing post-game shows on the MW.com and providing my witty analysis, uh, you know, for 10, 15 minutes after every single game on the MW.com. And it's, uh, it's a really good video production. They do a hell of a job and really invest in it. It's very cool. So everybody tune into that. 
It's going to be one of the best conference tournaments out there. It I is. can't wait for this thing to start. Boise and CSU facing off on Saturday, too. Um, that's interesting because in the first game, there was no Emmanuel Acott, right? And now he's coming back. Yep. That will be interesting to see the impact that he brings back to Boise State. Here's what I'm looking for is a potential letdown kind of game for Boise State. They beat Nevada by six at home on Tuesday night at Extra Mile. Uh, it was it was senior night. It was rowdy. They clinch a conference championship, an outright regular season title at home. If you watched any of the videos, there was a bunch of stupidity that went down at Extra Mile Arena. Security got uh, a little bit too full of themselves and were carrying kids off the floor and just generally being stupid about the whole thing, which the university came out afterwards and said, that's not our policy. We were going to let the kids go out on the floor and have fun. But uh, I don't know, man, those those guys were sniffing themselves a little bit. So... Um, and, and then there was the story, though, had a kind of a happy ending and a look at the players because they went over to the student section who were barred from entering the floor and celebrating and celebrated with them in the stands, which was a cool thing. Um, but it's the kind of stuff that says maybe a letdown game for Boise State coming up here on Saturday in Fort Collins against CSU. Rammies have been hot. I think they close in style. I like Colorado State in that matchup um but yeah i think i think boise will sort of get their legs back underneath them when it comes conference tournament time and again man like I'm, I'm saying i pick san diego state and, and holding their five teams that could win this conference tournament and i wouldn't be stunned by any of them yeah i hit csu at plus 600 um i, I mean if we want san diego state maybe just bet them on the money line yeah. to when they get them but this is going to be a blast i can't wait i'll be checking your stuff out so I'm looking forward to that. A um, couple other things. I didn't even tell you we were going to talk combine. Are your hands big enough to be a radio host? Because <laughs> um, uh, that's really what I'm looking at here. Yes or no? I, I took out the, the tape measure yesterday because yeah. uh, everyone was talking about Kenny Pickett. I was like, I have no idea what my hand size is. I'm, I'm a nine. Uh, You're a nine. So I'm, uh, I'm right there with Joe Burrow. I'm slightly bigger than uh, than Kenny Pickett with the hand size. Nothing else. The guy would tower over me. Um, and do you, do you remember the story of Brandon Allen, the old Arkansas quarterback who was a Bronco for a second, back up for the Bengals this year? Brand, Brandon well, Allen. He had his four-inch hands. Uh, yeah, he had the tiniest hands when they measured him at the senior bowl or one of the bowl games. And so before the combine – he engaged in a series of uh, hand stretching and massage techniques, and he gained three eighths of an inch in his hand size. He went from eight and a half to eight and seven eighths by the time that uh, that he was technically measured at the combine. So uh, the the tale of Brandon Allen, something to think about for everybody. How do you, where do you measure from? Like, do you go from the wrist? Do you go from the top it's, to the bottom? It, it's supposed to be pinky to to thumb. Tip of pinky. Oh, it's across. The tip of thumb. So, yeah, so, like, what I did was, you know, I just, like, took a tape measure, you know, and just, like, hooked it on my thumb and measured across to my pinky. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I could get myself an 8-inch hand thing here. Oh. I mean, that'd be fine. Yeah. Burrow had small hands. He came out and said, you know, I'm, Nine inch I'm hands. so upset. Yeah, Burrow. Yeah, he did it after the, the uh, combine. Eh, you know what I am happy about, though? 
no more six, seven quarterbacks here. You're allowed to be five foot five <laughs> right. and be a quarterback. When you and I were working together a couple of years ago, I think it was right around this time too. We were talking about it and always like, ah, I need a tall guy. And then they ended up drafting Drew Locke. I mean, that's a big change in organizational philosophy. We joke about it, but you know, it was Elway just crossing anybody off under six, four. Wow. Because there's so many more QBs in the pool now. He drafted Brock Osweiler, who was a giraffe of a human. He drafted <laughs> uh, Paxton Lynch, who I think is an actual giraffe, actually. Uh, that's why he couldn't play quarterback. He's got hooves instead of hands. And then, uh, yeah, he drafted Drew Locke, who is an absolute giant. He signed uh, Joe Flacco, who was six foot six. Keenum was actually outside. I, I think Keenum was only like six one or six two when he signed him. But yeah, uh, Elway's whole thing was like, if you're tall and I've seen you throw the ball down the field, then I love you. And he was awful at drafting quarterbacks and actually most every other position. Uh, George Payton, who this week. He was named like his scouting department got an award for best draft last year because George Payton seems to actually have a system for evaluating players and deciding who's good and then choosing them. That's great to hear. Seems to be. Uh, if you could guess your 40 time, what do you think it would be? Uh, seven or eight seconds. It would be. Old. See, that's what I'm, I think I could pull a six, eight, but then again, that just might be hubris. Yeah. I ran, I hit four, eight in high school. That's good. Um, my my junior year, which is respectable. When was the but last at this point time... with an uh, with a ruptured Achilles two years ago? Yeah, when... which you know that's that doesn't help. When was a the little last bit more of a belly like, than I've ever had? Like, huh? When was the last time and and not attempting to prevent a, a child injury, toddler injury, or baby injury, mm -hmm. or anything like that doesn't count? When was the last time you actually sprinted? Oh, I sprint a lot. Do you really? Actually. Believe it or not, even last last summer when I was rehabbing, yeah. I would sprint, uh, you know, 17, 18 times of 100, 100 yards. Good for you. Wow. Yeah, well, it was good for me. I don't do that anymore. I need to. But listen, running's, running is not even exercise, man. Sprinting is exercise. Yes. And I hate long-distance running. Somebody else can do it. Sprinting's great for you, though. It's good for your ticker. I ran a marathon once. Why? I don't. It, it's one of the dumbest things I've ever done. I wish I <laughs> seriously like I. I'm not really a, like a you know like I. I have a few regrets in life. Most people would be like, I ran a marathon. No, I did it. It was one of the dumbest things I've ever done. Um, I it wrecked my body. I have suffered debilitating injuries and tendonitis and things like that issues with my feet, with my knees that I still suffer from uh, to this day because of like my three or four year dalliance with uh, with distance running. Um, I wish I had never done it. It was it was so dumb. It's when I look back on it, like I did like going for a run runners highs and all of that. I did enjoy that part of it. But when I got too serious about it, I messed my body up. I wish I had never done it. Yeah, it sounds horrible. It was dumb. Uh, sprinting is fine. Yep. It's fun. Makes you exhausted mm -hmm. and want to puke, which is always a great feeling. <laughs> uh, let's wrap. <laughs> let's wrap about uh, baseball, though. Do we? I mean, do it's we it's to? sad, first of all. Second of all, I continue to say this: if I wasn't in this business, I probably wouldn't watch for a few years, unless there was another, you know, steroid thing that would bring eight hundred foot home runs back. Um, how you feeling, man? Because we're both baseball guys, yeah. and. 
I, it's almost more than anything else. There's some anger, there's some resignation, and there's just some, God, I cannot stand the owners right now mm -hmm. for doing this to baseball again. And I don't blame the players no. nearly as much as I usually do. No, no, especially not on this one. I mean, I mean, you delve into the circumstances on all of this, and this was all, I mean, I, this is no hyperbole. This was 100% avoidable. None of this had to go down. The owners chose this battle as as a means to get what they're looking for, which is uh, continued control over the revenue that is within the sport. Um, they, they didn't need to do this. They ultimately, when you, when you look at the numbers of what the players are asking for, they're really reasonable. They're very reasonable given that this is a multi-billion dollar industry and the owners are offering up things like, yeah, we'll raise the competitive balance tax like a million bucks. How's that for you guys, okay? I mean, that, it's the players should be insulted by all of this. And, you know, you go back to the Chris Bryant uh, service time manipulation, which was just absolutely insulting, okay? You go back to the, the unbelievably weak... Um, investigation and punishment the way that the Astros scandal was dealt with. The players were right to be absolutely pissed off by that. Uh, the messing around with the start of the season in the, in the COVID year in 2020 and pushing it back and wanting to further prorate salaries and get more playoffs and make the things profitable for themselves as they possibly can and screwing the players on all of that. Manfred calling the, the World Series trophy a piece of metal. Manfred standing up there and smiling the other days the players recognizing that april baseball is a money loser for owners anyway so what do they give a crap if there's no april baseball I, I just stack it all up on top of each other and it's like f these guys you know it, it, it is unbelievable the way that these owners have torpedoed their own sport and and seemingly without much of a care of the public relations hit that they're taking and I, if if they realized it, Holden, don't you think Manfred would be fired tomorrow? This guy is so bad at his job. Like, you can represent the billionaire class and not do it in the worst way humanly possible. Real quick, <clears throat> he might be great at his job, to be honest with you. And, and just hear me out Because he's hated? Yeah, I mean, he is echoing what the owners of want him to say. Is. But you and, and listen, we say it's the owner's fault, yeah. but who gets the heat? Well, Manfred. Well, Manfred's getting the heat, but that's just it. The 94 strike, the public sentiment was against the players. Actually, a lot of the times, I feel like in sports labor negotiations, the players are the enemy. And and that and some of that makes sense, right? Like we all have a certain degree of Uncle Rico of of you know we could throw a football a quarter mile and <laughs> you know it, it's if we would just would have gotten a chance we could be making those millions of dollars and the players are getting paid unbelievable salaries to play a game that we would all play for free. Like it's really easy to have the public against rich athletes. They're not this time. It's it's been a huge miscalculation on the part of Manfred and the owners. And when the fingers are getting pointed back at them, I say you don't have the right guy in there right now. And I, I, the other thing too is here in Colorado, 
like Holden, it's really easy. Like, you know, how many how many Red Sox fans are mad at, at their owner? How many how many Pirates fans? Well, Pirates fans are always mad at their owner. Uh, but you, you know what I'm saying? The the Giants, the Dodgers, et cetera, et cetera. Here in Colorado, Dick Monfort's at the table and, and screwing this up. So we can't point directly at Dick Monfort and say, uh, you're really bad at this, dude, which we all knew anyway. Yeah, I wonder if it's just the sign of the times now mm-hmm. where you'll hear everybody say billionaires, yeah. we hate billionaires. And I just wonder if we've gotten to a point now to where people are just going to be on the player side going forward, yeah. unless they do something egregious. Yeah. It's just a different time. Yes, yeah, labor versus management. And um, who wants to side with management? But all, but also in this one, seriously, management is wrong. They are wrong in this one. I'm with you, pal. I'm with you. All right, go plug everything you're doing. You're doing some great work out there. Uh, yeah, coming up uh, this afternoon, Crackman and Lindahl show two to six. We'll be talking about the bleak uh, options for the Broncos at quarterback probably mm-hmm. today, uh, plus Nuggets tonight against Houston. Wow, one for 25 from the starters from three the other night against Oklahoma City. Holden, that's uh, that, that, that was something. Didn't they hit that like right at the end? Yeah, too? Aaron Gordon got a garbage time three. It would have been 0 for 24, and Gordon oh, yes. got a garbage time three. How about uh, my dude Will Barton is one three-pointer shy of tying the franchise record for career three-pointers made, and he's missed his last 15. Isn't he like one shy of setting the record? Tying the record. For two? Yeah, tying the So record. the next three-pointer is huge yeah, for yeah. Will Barton. Next, next one he ties J.R. Smith for the uh for the franchise record. The next and then two, uh he'll break the record. He's that dude has got a case of knoblock like yips from the outside right now. It's brutal. No bueno, amigo. No. Great stuff from Nate Kreckman. Uh check out him and Lindall. Afternoon drive on altitude. Want to thank Nate. Mm-hmm. Want to thank Dave Sherapan for hopping on the sportsbook consigliere, giving us some tips on how to attack betting March madness. And thanks to our producer, Stephen Young, as well. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. I'll be back on Monday. Thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.